0: Hey, it's the Body Bishops.
1: Greetings, Matt. Are we, are we on? Are we live? we muted? Oh,
0: I'm good. Still muted? No, I'm good now.
1: Is it? Yeah, Emply. Oh, you're on? Man. Yeah. Live well, one you're live on baldy bishops <laughs> well uh yesterday was a great time uh i actually saw so i was at the uni speaking um had a really good time <laughs> really good to chat with those guys and uh looking at mental health and peace actually so i was able to share a bit of my testimony of that of nervous breakdowns and panic attacks and <laughs> uh slow or you know just low uh depression but high christ <laughs> just brings me through those things and uh what it means to have to, to to forge new trails of uh instead of going right where, where my flesh would normally take me, I forge new trails in the woods of like and, and I keep I keep walking that new path of running to Jesus, running to others, um until I learn that path really well and that becomes my automatic. So like <laughs> so run and it was really good good chats afterwards and um and then I, I finished the half seven and home group started at half seven, but I was like Takes me 20 minutes to get there, though. I'll be making tea. If I, if I drive quickly, I'll be able to get there. Yeah, you're in it. So I pulled in just as you were opening up Second Thessalonians. I'm really glad I got there. Um, I, I, I'm not, and I didn't run there because I'm Mr. Spiritual. Like I was telling the people at, at the Kiel Uni, like the reason I read my Bible and pray and, and run to the church fellowship is not because I'm spiritual, it's because I need it desperately. Because I'm hungry and thirsty and <clears> cold <throat> and I need. I need the heat, the fellowship, you know, the food of his word, the, the, the waters of prayer. I, I need, I need to be fed and pointed to Christ, even as a pastor. So
0: and, and yep. Jesus said, you're, you're blessed because you're hungry and thirsty as well. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, it's it's a blessed reality. Yeah. So it was an eager, I could
1: have just went home and stuck on TV and waited to the victory. got told but I was like, nah, I gotta, I need, I need <laughs> the fellowship. And I like, you know, like I, I had a really, I was in a dark spot friday and saturday and just reading hymns and praying and singing hymns and guitar and um reading the word reaching out to, to my brothers in christ at the church uh, and i and that got me through and i felt a lot better on sunday um and i've had a really great week so I, I'm, I'm actually a, i'm in a really good place but wednesday evening i was still i wasn't like i'm in a good place i don't need this mm. and i'm like i'm in a good place i still really need the fellowship yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Amen yeah the see sunday christianity stuff man like i i could not survive in that in that reality no oh so, no
0: been there done that mm, mm.
1: talking to Joe yesterday actually he was so good to see him there was last it? night and he was like you know i'm just learning he's only been a christian for six weeks he's like and he said this he's didn't. like i'm learning that sunday isn't enough <laughs> like and the fellow he says i'm, I'm reading my Bible. i get home from work and before bed i read my bible he's about i'm learning that like like being being surrounded by Christian people once a week isn't enough. Mm-hmm. And that's like, Joe, man, I wish that every Christian understood
0: yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, this it's so important. Paramount. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> so he was there not because he was like, "Oh, I need to be there because everyone will make me feel sure guilty." He's like, "I'm there because I need, I need God's word. I need the fellowship." Mm-hmm. So he's getting it right. God, man.
0: It's good to see, man. Yeah, really good. Well, um, t- today we're in two Thessalonians. So we're we're finishing up the uh the one another bit in 2 Thessalonians last week we looked at the uh faith and love connection mm-hmm. and uh this time we're looking at the love and admonition connection mm-hmm. and um and I think it's important that we start at a place um of love as we approach uh this passage um just I was talking last night about William Wilberforce and uh as a child growing up in the late 1800s he was the son of a wealthy merchant who um, his whole family was so invested in this business that they even forbade him from attending a uh, gospel-preaching Methodist church and moved away in the city they were at so that he wouldn't be influenced by that because they knew it would be a, a game-changer in terms sure. of his culture and his involvement in the family business. So he, he moved away, uh, attended a fantastic school, um, ended up eventually becoming, uh, after graduating from from Cambridge University, um, a, a member of parliament. mm mm-hmm. Uh, member of the House of Parliament, and uh, be- began uh, became a Christian at that time, actually a-, a-, a committed Christian. And so there were all kinds of different uh, human rights and humanitarian efforts that-, that piqued his interest at that time, because uh, he was seeing things differently. The Holy Spirit had um, come into him, mm. as is the promise we begin in the Spirit, according to Galatians 3. The Holy Spirit had come in and began to transform him, so he's seeing things differently now There's this rule of love that he's doing things by. The gospel has become more than a philosophy and a theology to him. And uh, he became aware of the slave trade in the West Indies. And, um, you know, back then, um, African people were being taken as slaves from their home country and shipped as goods to the West Indies, which was horrendous. And uh, and he was he was absolutely grieved at this. And I'm just going to read a quote from him concerning the slave trade. He said, So enormous, so dreadful, so irremediable did the slave trade's wickedness appear that my own mind was completely made up for abolition. Let the consequences be what they would. I from this time determined I would never rest until I, I had effected its abolition. Mm-hmm. So the whole point of that, Little brief story there is. Love had compelled Wilberforce to act on behalf of the slaves. Yeah, that's good. The gospel had come into his life and was literally changing him from the inside out. Mm. And eventually, he did. He did um, abolish slavery, um, wh- along with the help of many, many others who were touched by the atrocities. Many of those people were Christians as well. But the the, the point the point of all that is the Holy Spirit. Puts gospel love into the hearts of his people and moves them to action.
1: Mm-hmm. I was listening to, uh, well, I listen, I like listen to the beautiful eulogy, and they they sometimes just take sermon clips, and there's a little one they they have called "Blessed" or the Merciful, and it's just a sermon or like a mini clip of a sermon. And it was like your your faith, oh, if I could remember, your faith is not based on how much theology you've mastered or how many books you've read, but in how your heart is moved towards the miserable and the needy. Mm. And I was like, wow. And it was this that from blessed are the merciful, you mm. know, and cause Jesus was merciful and now he lives in us. Mm. And, and if Jesus, li- if Jesus, the merciful lives in you, mm. he'll be making you merciful.
0: Yeah. And no, that's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Man, yeah. yeah. And, and com- compassion is a really important part of love as well, isn't it? And uh we'll, we'll talk more about that here in a minute, but just being moved by um, what, what affects other people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, But but just to to start in 2 Thessalonians 3 verses 14 and 15, um, Paul begins, let's say begins, this is the middle of the chapter, we find one of these um, principles of of one another and it's doubled down in another place. But do you mind reading this two verses?
1: Yeah. If anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, note that person and do not keep company with him that he may be ashamed. Yet do not count him as an
0: enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Okay, so we're talking about admonition uh, today, and and when when we do it, we understand just in reading these two verses, the the admonition is not devoid of love. It's meant to be um, that the love is interwoven into the principle. Of admonition. It says even though you're meant to not keep company with that person who does not obey um, the word, he says, "Do not count him as an enemy. He's your brother."
1: Yeah. And that's why today's one is called the love and admonition connection, because even though admonition is such an ugly word uh-huh. and not something we enjoy doing, it's it's the love and admonition con- mm-hmm. connection. So it would it would be love that moves us towards this thing.
0: Yeah, business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then we'll talk more about that word admonition here in in, in just a few minutes. But um, we are looking at gospel community, right? And if this is right in the middle of Paul talking about gospel community, which it is, we talked about that last week, wow. um, we, we, we have to start with the gospel truth, right? And and I think it's a good, healthy practice uh, to get into verse number 16, for example. Mm-hmm. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. Um, the Lord of peace. Peace Always, in every way. And I love that. There was enmity between us and God. Um, We were his enemy. He was our enemy because of our sin. Sin had separated us from him. There was no peace, only animosity between us and God. Yet, Jesus died on the cross, and with the blood of his cross, he made peace with us and God. And now, we have peace always, in every way, because of the Lord of peace. Beautiful. But, But he says, here's the key to it, the Lord be with you all. Mm-hmm. Right, so this gospel community, this this is truth that affects every single member in the church. Um, just backing up to verses three to five, do you mind reading that? But the Lord is faithful, and He will establish you and guard you from the evil one. So let's let's just stop every minute. So the Lord is faithful. And that's so key. Yeah. The gospel is not the gospel if that's not true.
1: Right. So who who is who is
0: God? According to these verses, mm-hmm. He is faithful, and He's the Lord of peace. Mm-hmm. So he's faithful, and because he's faithful, he'll establish you, and he'll guard you Mm. from the evil one. Mm. Sorry, read on verse 4.
1: And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things that we command you. Now, may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ.
0: I think one of the key words in that verse is the word into. Mm. I love it. May the Lord direct your hearts. Why do I need the Lord to direct my heart? Because Jeremiah tells me my heart is deceitful above all things and desperately mm-hmm. wicked. I can't even mm-hmm. know my own heart. Mm-hmm. And he says, "The Lord, I want the Lord to direct your hearts into, yeah, the love of God and into the patience of Christ. So the love of God and the patience of Christ are our starting point.
1: Yeah. So then, it, so the then translation." Uh, may the Lord fill your hearts with God's love, mm-hmm. and may may Christ give you the strength to go on. So it's so as I as I'm you know as the Lord directs me into the love and into the patience, then it, it implies that I'm swimming. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. swimming in this love and patience as mm-hmm. filling me up, and then that's coming out of me and how I treat other people. So that becomes my driving forces and love and patience toward others
0: yeah so 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 thus far just just the general gospel principles we're seeing is the lord of peace gives us peace in every way the lord is with us the lord is faithful he establishes us and guards us um the lord directs our hearts into the love of god and the patience of christ so peace love patience all of that comes along with the gospel Mm. So, so we start there yeah But we see in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 that there, and, and this, this this is a big theme of what's going on, there's some correction that Paul has. So there's, there's, there's a problem. And uh, we get a little glimpse of it in verses 6 to 9. Um, it says, We command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition mm-hmm. which he received from us. So the question is, um what is the tradition? Now you, you taught two Thessalonians or one Thessalonians rather. Um taught us through that. Yeah. Um so what would you say is the tradition being referred to here? Yeah, I mean so
1: a lot of Thessalonians is about the, the future events of, of Jesus Christ's return, um, to take us to be with him and we'll be with him forever. Mm. We'll be perfected. And so that's like that's the tradition aspect of this. Um so I mean the the, the word tradition has it its meaning massively, mm-hmm. but when Paul uses that word tradition, it's like the things that we've been teaching you orally, uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. as we've been amongst you. So really it's simply the gospel and its implications.
0: Yeah. 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 So, um, but, but out of this, this gospel significance about, especially about the end time stuff, you know, and, and of course there's the famous passage in chapter four of one Thessalonians in there about how the Lord himself, he'll, he'll descend from heaven um, he'll then he'll receive us to himself. Um, we'll be caught up with him in the clouds, we'll ever be with the Lord, and so we can comfort one another with these words. I think, you know, like that's the uh the apex of kind of the tradition that he's talking about mm. here. Um but there was an error that had had creeped in and we start to see flashes of it, actually if we just go back to two Thessalonians chapter two and verses verses one and two.
1: Yeah, and my brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him. We ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come.
0: All right. So, so we're, we're going we're gonna to look at a bit more of this going forward. But apparently, Paul's words from the previous epistle were interpreted to many that Christ was coming back like imminently. Um, and, and people began to uh, sell their belongings, quit their jobs, ready to go, that type of thing. Uh, but after nearly a year had passed, um, there were letters that started to circulate from false teachers, um, declaring that they'd missed the day of the Lord, which Yeah, would have been tragic, <laughs> incredibly disillusioning. Yeah. Um, and it was, there was kind of a conspiracy being peddled that the Lord had returned and that they'd kind of missed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because some had believed this lie, um, what what was what was the result of that? Alan?
1: Yeah, so there was a lie, and then there was also just a wrong application of the of the truth as well. So the the imminent return of Jesus. So like they were they were taking that tr- so they were taking that truth and then and then living out falsely, or they were believing the lie. And one of the false ways to to live out what they were believing was they were a lot of the people there had stopped working because it's like well there's no point working anymore to make money because if Jesus is coming back then. I don't need any anything, but then, but you're like, oh, that's okay. But it wasn't okay because they were taking advantage of everyone else in the yeah. church family. So yeah. I was like, well, they were basically exploiting other people. So you'll feed me because you, if you're going to be prepared to keep working and yeah. have money, yeah. you can feed me. But I'm not going to work. And you really stressed yesterday, like this isn't people who can't work because of physical reasons, health or age. Yeah, it's people who can work and refuse to work. Yes, and they were exploiting their brothers <laughs> and sisters in Christ.
0: So, so others were having to the carry their load and, and they were neglecting the basic necessities of life and just depending on other people to, to do it for them. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and two Thessalonians chapter three and, and, verses seven to 13 really give us a bit more insight into exactly what you were just saying. Mm-hmm. And, um, we probably won't read the whole thing for the sake of time, but if we could maybe pick up for, from verse number, um, verse number 10 and just read verse 13
1: yeah so uh for even when we were with you we commanded you this if anyone will not work neither shall he and again will not work means he's able and she's able but they don't so not they're not able uh-huh. um and ever like for we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner not working at all but are busybodies. Mm-hmm. so they're they're able-bodied and they're using their able-bodiedness just to spread gossip and slander um, now those who are such, we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so because of this, um, well, let me just ask you this: what? Well, I'll I'll get to that in a minute. The word admonish, right? The word admonish. What what comes to people's minds usually when we hear the word admonish?
1: Yeah, it was a really good conversation last night. It was wasn't the it? church folk about this word having such such a really negative um implications to it today? And it's just the idea of being told off and shouted at and like constantly being, yeah, just constantly like loud voices, anger. Finger wagging. Yeah. Finger judgment. Um, never being, never, you know, at least always being wrong, always being in their wrong place. And just, yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's sadly what it's come to mean for many people. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so, so the, the actual word itself, um, means to caution or gently reprove. We're talking about the word admonition in, in the Greek mm-hmm. to caution we're gently reproved. Now that's the exact opposite of that, precisely what we we're just saying. Mm. It's it's not pointing your finger at someone. It's not finger wagging. It's not telling someone off. It's not arguing and debating. Yeah. It's it's to caution, to to very gently reprove someone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. So so, um, the purpose of, of admonition is to lovingly warn someone. Yeah. Now, uh, we, we, gave the example, I gave the example last night. Um, it's like if you're in a car with someone and, um, like, let's just imagine you're in a car on a busy street and the road is going to end and there are people at the end of this road. Um, and the person driving is not really paying attention to what's what, going on, not looking ahead, maybe looking at you while they're talking. Right. And you say to that person, Hey, you have to stop. Mm. I'm not sure if you see that ahead, mm. but, um, the, the road ends. You're going to kill us, and you're going to kill all those people if you don't slow down right now. Yeah. Um. That's that's the that's the heart of it. The heart of it is in, in love. Saying your life, everyone else's lives, mm-hmm. my life is affected by this. And in in the context of gospel community, this is paramount. Yeah. Because yep. what happens with my brother's life doesn't just affect my brother. Yeah. It affects me as the family of God. Yeah. It affects the others around him as the family of God.
1: Yeah. And, and so like in the context of Thessalonians, like these people who are not working and who are busybodies, like you're not working, you're exploiting your brothers and sisters, your, your testimony. Because in First Thessalonians, it says one of the ways to be a light <laughs> in the world is just by working hard, minding your own business and being mm-hmm. a good member of community mm-hmm. or the society. And so you're, you're, you're hurting your brothers and sisters in that way. You're... Dishonoring the gospel because the testimony's being stuffed by your web of living. Number three, you're spending your life gossiping and spreading gossip about yeah. other people, right? Yeah, yeah. So like you're harming yourself, you're harming the gospel community, and you're harming the the testimony the gospel community has in society. Yeah. So you need to admonish this person. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: absolutely good. So so all the that context in mind, the word admonition being given here, what what does that look like in in Blerton? Baptist Church in the twenty first century, we can take some principles away. Yeah. And and I think I think the first thing that we really need to address um is the fact that um we did start with the gospel. Mm. The purpose of correct theology is to lead to correct practice. Mm-hmm. So there's no other reason for us to have correct theology. There's no other result mm. intended by God mm. for us to have correct theology than for us to live correctly as mm-hmm. well. So we can be dead right on all of the the points of the fundamentals of the faith. We can believe in um, the virgin birth of Christ. We can believe in the deity of Christ. We can believe in the the substitutionary atonement of Christ. We can believe in the bodily resurrection, the authenticity of Christ's miracles. Mm-hmm. We can believe in all of those fundamental things. But if we're not living right, we're actually missing the point of why God gave us Yeah. Those fundamentals to the with yeah and uh paul trips do you believe and you might not agree with
1: all the theology in it okay. but each chapter has this is what we believe as christians and then the next chapter is and this is how you live like that's true yeah. and he called i think chapter one's called the false dichotomy of like mm. you built right right belief but not having the right practice mm. and he's like this is this should not be amongst us so yeah, yeah
0: yeah and and that's that's what these these uh these thessalonian folks that he's calling out here were were guilty of uh, they had they had theology they knew about the Lord's return, which was gospel truth in and of itself and uh and they were not living like uh it was true mm-hmm. like they had been impacted mm-hmm. by the gospel yeah um the second principle I think we can take away is the the principle of regrettable correction yeah um galatians six verse one if a if a brother or sister is overtaken in a fault. If we are truly spiritual, yeah. we restore that person when they come repentant, we restore that person in the spirit of meekness yeah. every single time, yep. considering yep. ourselves, lest we also be tempted. Yep. So so it's it's rebel correction. We correct them, but we also restore them. So every single time that they come and they repent, we restore them. Mm-hmm. And that's the goal. Mm-hmm. But we never, ever get stuck in to conflict for the sake of the conflict. Yeah. The goal of, and maybe I'm jumping the gun on this a little bit, but the goal of of correction is always restoration.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, so it's it's um, regrettable correction, or I wrote down just tearful admonition. Mm. So, mm. you know, tears in your eyes as you admonish and-, and uh it's it's something it's it's something you should not love to do. It's something that's going to cost you to do it. But it's because of your love for your brother and the love for the church and love for Christ that you would reach out to your brother mm. or sister in this way and, and lovingly correct them. So
0: I'm, I'm going to read a little excerpt from uh, Francis Schaefer in his mm-hmm. book uh, The Mark of the Christian. Excellent. Uh, it is tidy so it's really worth you read. Yep. Yeah, it's like, like fourteen pages. I don't. know. It's like <laughs> hardly any pages. That's more than that. <laughs> it's a bit more, but it's good. That's <laughs> very very, very fifty short pages, I yeah. think, or something like that. But, um, but here's what he says about conflict and uh, the Christians. He says uh, first, we should never come to such difference mm-hmm. with true Christians without regret and without tears. Mm-hmm. So that's this is this is so important. Yep. Um, regretful correction yeah we should we should never approach conflict with another Christian with anyone really, but especially with another Christian um without regret, yeah, and without tears, he says, yeah, it sounds simple, doesn't it? Believe me, evangelicals often have not shown it. Mm. We rush in being very, very pleased, it would seem at times to find other people's mistakes, we' build ourselves up by tearing other people down. Let me just say. If that is our starting point for admonition, yeah,
1: turn around and go the other yeah, way. Yeah, don't, don't admonish then, yeah,
0: yeah. You're going to say this can never show a real oneness among Christians. There is only one kind of person who can fight the Lord's battle in any way near a proper way, and that is the person who, by nature, is unbelligerent. A belligerent man tends to do it because he is belligerent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least it looks that way. The world must observe that when we differ with other with with each other as true Christians, we do it not because we love. Listen, to this not because we love the smell of blood, mm-hmm. the smell of the arena, the smell of the bullfight, but because we must, for God's sake. If there are tears when we must speak, then something beautiful can be observed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a beautiful, uh, yeah, beautiful connection with with admonition. If we ever have to correct another Christian, do it with tears in your heart. And and I said we were going to come back to this um, when we talk about love being the foundation. of it, We're talking about love and admonition. If love is the foundation of our correction of another believer, yeah. Here's what we'll have: compassion. Yep. Now, a good definition of the word compassion is. Your hurt in my heart. Your hurt in my heart. And if, I, if 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 I approach correction and admonition with another Christian, with that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, I'm not going to be haughty. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to be judgy. Uh, I'm I'm not going to be like that parent wagging their finger down at the child. Yeah, uh, I've, I've felt yeah. pain in my heart. Yeah, you yeah. know, I've put myself in in your shoes. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I want. The best outcome for you um, So I, th- I think that's powerful I would recommend that book The Mark of the Christian yeah. um, Another principle Maybe to take into this Maybe you can speak into this A little bit Is that prayer Prayer must proceed correction mm-hmm. why, why should prayer
1: precede correction? Yeah you're praying Because you're asking For godly wisdom Which is James 3 Not fleshly wisdom Which is going to be Anger and sarcasm And I win the fight Rather mm-hmm. than winning the person you're praying for courage because it it should be a hard thing to admonish. So it's the courage and the wisdom to do it. You're asking for God to work because you're reminding yourself that you have no power mm. to help this person. Only God has the power to convict and transform a human life. Mm. So you have, you're you're praying because you're you're just remembering you're a, you're a needy human who's about to go and lovingly confront another needy human. So it, it just it puts it puts it right back into the gospel perspective and asks God for help. So
0: mm. yeah, good stuff, man. Yeah you know before verse 6 um he prays in verse 5 that their hearts would dive deep into the love of god mm-hmm. and into his patience mm-hmm. so um so, so so three things just to to consider here is what's the motivation what's the goal and what's the foundation right so the motivation for correction must be love yep it must be love but the goal of correction must be peace mm-hmm. and then he says that in verse 16 god of peace Give you peace in every way, right? Yeah. But the foundation for correction um, is the Lord himself. Mm. Says the Lord be with you. Mm. So because the Lord is with us, because the Holy Spirit indwells us and is trying to produce this love and peace in us. um, His presence among us makes restoration possible. Yeah. But if his presence is not among us, restoration is impossible. It's just conflict. Yeah. So, so admonition is important is an important part of gospel community. Now, we 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 talked about this afterward last night, Alan. But um, whose responsibility is it to do admonition in the church? Yeah,
1: it's 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 one another. It's another one another principle. So it's not Matt and Alan's job as pastors to admonish, and the rest of the church just kind of like comes and tells like, oh, this person needs admonishment or. Mm. You know, I've seen this, but I'm not going to deal with it. I'll just let you deal with it. Mm. Uh, no, you, as a as a a child of God who's walking with Jesus, you also have that responsibility to admonish your brother or sister who's who's walking out of right. line.
0: That's that's really good, yeah. And, and according to the words of Jesus, if this, is, I think that's just, I think it's powerful. According to the words of Jesus, if if all of us, the Church of God collectively, family of God collectively, if all of us are doing this work. Church discipline will not be necessary. Mm, wow, that would, or, <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, if, yeah, man. If people are if are actually doing this, yeah, helping each other along the way rather than when the big
0: stuff comes type of thing, yeah, because yeah. the principle from Jesus was you know go to because the question was um do I come to the pastors first before I confront the person unless you need advice or prayer yeah. don't come to the pastors first yeah you know, that's between you and your brother or sister yeah and Jesus said if you go to them and they reject you're called to repentance. And go to the pastor then, and bring the, the pastors with you. Yeah. Um, so it's it's something we should all be doing. Um and 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 it's not nice. Mm-hmm. It's not comfortable to think about doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you said this when we were preparing uh for, for this lesson, we studied together, don't we? You said make sure that your church leans the way that the scripture leans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not nice to think about. And it's not the comfortable thing. We we said that true love doesn't remain silent. Yep. yep. So if you know you could help someone if you know that you could um, prevent someone from making a horrible mistake, if you see someone uh, drifting away from the Lord and their fellowship, yeah. uh, the loving thing is actually to, to, to stop them.
1: Yeah, so there, there's the balance. So there's admonish as a brother. If you lean too far one direction, you have silence, <coughs> judgment, bitterness, apathy, and maybe gossip because you talk to everyone else about it rather than them. And then the other side of the extreme is as soon as I come through the door, I'm going to start screaming. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I have a battle to win and a fight on my hands. And so you're so, in either way it's sinful. Yeah. But the, but what the middle is, is admonishing someone as a bro, so courageously admonishing, but with the motivation of love and the goal of peace. Yeah. Um, and we said last night, like, if, if you're, if you're not doing the other one and others that we've looked at so far, because this is like gospel community 31 or something, I don't know. But if you're not doing like, any of the other ones, please don't do the admonishing yeah. one because yeah. you're going to be doing it for all the wrong reasons. That's right. Yeah. You're not praying for, bearing with, patient with, esteeming, mm. valuing, caring for, you know, all this yeah. stuff. You're not doing that. Don't admonish. Like,
0: yeah. You've really not
1: earned the right to speak into that person's life. Like, yeah. You've got to earn it through this. And, and then the other thing I, we just spoke about last night was the person being admonished should walk away from that conversation you've just had with them. Yes. Challenged. Hmm. But realizing that they're loved by you, Mm. that you've done, like they shouldn't walk away thinking like, man, that person hates me or that person was angry. They should walk away thinking, man, that person loves me. Even if they don't follow what you just said, Mm. even if they don't accept your admonition, Mm. they should walk away believing that you love them. And that should be how we treat these people. So
0: that's really good. Uh, I'm just going to return back to the, um, the, the driving illustration for a minute. Um, hazard ahead. Someone's in trouble. Um, about to have a crash. The, I want to differentiate between what I'm saying and what I'm not. I'm not talking about a side seat driver, right? I'm not talking about someone who is just pestering the person yeah. about every little thing they're doing Didn't in life. Yeah. You're, you're in second gear, not third gear. Yeah, you broke too. Qu- you, you're on your clutch. Like none of that's that's not the nice. opposite of yeah of of, of admonition. That's right. that's just criticism. Yeah, unnecessary criticism. Uh, admonition is is seeing seeing the uh, the warning signs. Feeling love in your heart for that person, for yourself, for those around. Yeah. Big difference. Yep. Um, not a side seat driver, but a loving, uh, lovingly warn, uh loving, loving caution, mm-hmm. um, warning someone, seeking to spare someone. Yep. So, love in my heart for that person. Yeah.
1: And if the church becomes a place of biblical admonition, then people can come with a brokenness mm-hmm. because they know. can come with their mess and their brokenness they don't have they're not covering it all up they're not doing it in secret in the dark not talking to anyone about it because it's like if I'm honest with these people they're gonna lovingly help me through this rather than they're gonna gossip about me they're gonna shout at me they're gonna judge me they're gonna belittle me they're gonna ostracize it's like no they're gonna lovingly correct and help me get this right so and, and that's I mean that's what a church needs to be like when I was talking to that young girl last night and I said like at Burton we're really learning and growing and trying to take the masks off more and more in our church yeah. and being real with each other. Yeah. Um, but if, if you are someone who does the opposite of biblical admonition, then you are actually part of why people keep the masks on. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: That's it. Yeah.
1: Whether it's your gossip and slander yeah. and apathy yeah. or you're shouting and raising your voice and losing your temper. Yeah. Both of those, you're just, you're just helping people keep their masks on. Yeah. If you're a lovingly, gentle, gracious I just want to help
0: you. I love you so much. Mm. then the mask will start coming off right? each other's lot. Really good, man. Yeah. Um, one, one other thing that we, that came up in the discussion bit, which I think is really important to highlight actually, is don't jump the gun on admonition. Mm. Um, don't jump in too early. Um, trust, trust for one that the Holy Spirit's working in that person's life. Yeah. If, if you see it's, it's not like when you see someone make a mistake, you're immediately going to go to them and be like, Hey, sort yourself out. Mm. It's when you see it becoming a pattern, mm-hmm. uh, a w- way of life for them, you can step in. It's, it's almost like back to the car analogy. If you see something way far off, and you just scream, "Stop!" You like, "What the, the heck kid? are you doing?" Yeah, there's yeah. <laughs> a red light ahead. It's like <laughs> three streets away. <laughs> there, there's a necessary and an unnecessary time yeah. to warn someone of the of the, the of the disaster ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the best analogy. Um, that we had last night was one that you gave me beforehand about blind spots mm-hmm. um I, I, tr- I traded my car in this past week and, and i'm driving around a new car that has new blind spots and i'm constantly whenever someone's in the car with me I'm, parker's probably getting tired of it we're we're turning out and i'm like is there anything coming mm-hmm. and he's like uh no 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 it's clear you know or or hang on uh, it's it's because i have new blind spots that were yeah. there before and here's the beautiful thing about gospel community the beautiful thing about gospel community is in a community of gospel believing people who are encouraging and admonishing one another, mm. we're all looking out for one another's blind spots. Yeah. Yeah. Things that we might not see, things we might not be aware of. Um, we have to be open, Yeah, open to admonition. Motivated by love. It's like, so, you know, you, had
1: both, you and I both <clears> have to shave <throat> our heads. Um, and the other day I was like, man, if I missed a bit in the back of my head there, you're like, yeah, you have. But you weren't like yeah you have you flipping idiot you were like yeah you have and you did it in a way of like been there you know so it was the humble it was a humility of like yeah. oh man yeah you've you've missed a bit there but knowing that like before <laughs> you've also missed bits and i've had to be like hey man you missed a bit there so it's just that humility that gentleness mm-hmm. that compassion for one another as we help each other
0: it's great illustrations and I, and I love that we're normalizing normalizing uh male pattern oddness as well it's great yep. <laughs> <laughs> So so last illustration I'll give just just uh, as as a way of concluding all this yep. is um gospel community is is like a stream. And whenever we refuse to receive admonition in our life, it's like we're damning the stream. Mm-hmm. So when we when we yield to admonition when it comes to us, when we're open to it, when we're open to for someone checking our blind spots. Yeah. What we're doing is we're freeing up the stream, so making the stream of gospel community clearer. Yeah. When we refuse to receive it, we become a dam in the stream. Yeah, yeah.
1: So may we give it well, and may we receive it well, to the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Thanks
0: for listening to the Baldy Bishops podcast. If you wish to get a hold of us, you can contact us at bodybishops@gmail.com, at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. Hey, do you want to go get that o kick? That sounds great. Let's go.